You are tuned in to the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. I am truly grateful for each of you for tuning in today. And support for this podcast comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, bringing the Jackson Hole community residential and commercial food waste composting options. Call 307-733-7678 for more information. Learning and reading is really important to me. It hasn't always been important to me because my childhood was tough. I was a challenged learner and a challenged reader. But as I've grown into adulthood, I've come to appreciate reading much more. And when I read, I write down quotes and enjoy listening to them and reflecting back on those quotes. And in respect for Queen Elizabeth II, I'm going to provide a quote from her today. When life seems hard, the courageous do not lie down and accept defeat. Instead, they are all the more determined to struggle for a better future. And that is Queen Elizabeth II. Thank you for her service. And she was an inspiring person of how she gave her life to the crown and the British people. And today you are listening to episode number 208. Today's episode is a recap of the past four years and of the past year. That's right. I've been doing this podcast now for four years. And thank you all for listening, all of you alumni of listeners and all of you new listeners. I appreciate it. Please get out there and share this podcast. If you find an episode which has inspired you, easy to share through whatever device you use to listen. Sharing is caring. Well, that's kind of funny, huh? But really, it helps me know that people are listening and getting some value out of these podcast episodes. And today, Michael and I sit down and recap what has happened over the past four years, but also in the past year as well. It's amazing how fast time goes. A friend of mine, Nick Rimkowski, said to me when Lewis was really young, we were at a playground, and he said, remember, Stefan, the days are long and the years are short. And he's it's just so, so true that the days just seem so long, and it just, before you know it, it flies right by you. So if you have children, give them hugs. Whoever is in your life, give them all hugs and look at them. Tell them you love them and you care for them. Buy your significant other a random, thoughtful gift. Some flowers. If they're allergic to flowers, buy them a smoothie. Just something to say, I'm thinking about you today. And when you're in that line for coffee or for your smoothie, maybe say, you know what? The person behind me, I'm going to get their coffee too. Just a little bit of random kindness spread all around helps build us all up. Thank you all for listening and supporting again. And... 208 episodes, four years. I'm deeply honored that you invite me into your day each and every week. And I could not do this without your support and the letters of kindness and enjoyment that you receive from the podcast. So thank you. All right, Michael, welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. This is our four year recap. We've been working together for four years. Thank you for 
putting up with me for four years and most importantly, keeping me on track. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try. You're a busy man. So it's uh, hard to keep you on track sometimes, Stefan. Well, I think we're all busy, Michael. It's just, you know, am I sedentary? No, I don't have grass growing around my feet. I tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it's been four years. I, I still remember our first conversation sitting outside of Cowboy Coffee. I, I'm just so impressed with you, Stefan, keeping it going four years. For a podcast in general, that's really impressive. And we've only missed a few weeks in this four-year time span. So kudos to both of us, I'd say. Yeah, kudos. Well, I think we're I, just going to pat ourselves on the back this whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I remember you once said that you were even going camping at times and you had to see if the, the campground where you're at had Wi-Fi so you could edit and publish the episode at the last because I'm so last minute with the. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Or I'd have to drive into the town quickly and make sure oh, it gets gosh. uploaded. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely been um, something that has been on top of mind for the past four years, which is good. It's kept me on track for being able to put out some quality content and be connected to Jackson Hole, especially now that I'm not there anymore. So it's been something that's keep me tied to the community as well. I'm very happy to hear that you still feel tied to the community and the community still welcomes you with open arms. I can tell you over the past four years, even though I've only missed a few weeks, maybe a few episodes, there have been times that it's been a real struggle, not just from the side of having a guest. I mean, it's been down to the line, like as I'm recording in the afternoon on Wednesday to get you the episode to edit so it can go live on Thursday. But there's ups and downs. It's just I'm a real person, just like anybody else out there. And sometimes I'm like, oh, it's a slog doing this. I don't know if I can do it this week. I don't know what to come up with to do right I write the introduction and then I read it to record it. It's like, ah, oh, I can't do this. I don't know if I can. And so it it's a struggle at times to to keep it going. But when I hear back from people about what they received from the interview, receiving an email that you pass on to me, or even when I hear of somebody's story, and and I think a big example with that is with Stefano. Arango, the worm cowboy. Mm -hmm. And I went into that interview thinking of Stefano as composting. That's it. And an environmental guy with passion about the environment, want to conserve, doing something, a new different way in this area to compost. And then he talks about, I think it's spina bifida, all the surgeries that he had as a child. He has an autoimmune disease. And then he and his mom were held hostage in Venezuela. And that's what prompted them to move from Venezuela to the US. It's like, whoa, me struggling just to do an introduction in this, this guy is still moving, has all of these challenges, barriers put forth to him in life, and he's still going and he's creating his own business, which is no small feat in itself. That reminds me of the Joe Stone interview as well, when he was talking about his struggle and then people trying to relate and like, oh man, I shouldn't be complaining about this. But even even Joe Stone was saying like, that's your struggle. I, the comparing of the struggles isn't necessarily something that you want to do stuff. And it was grounding for me to hear that from Joe, who is strong, strong athlete. And he was somebody who took risks. He 
had a major accident and there were consequences to taking those risks. You know what? He still got back into the saddle and is fighting for himself and for him to live life at the level that he can live life. And it is remarkable. He accomplishes more as a paraplegic, a person who lives in a wheelchair than most people who have no injuries whatsoever. And yeah, you can't compare one person's problems to another person's because they are all unique to the individual. So Stefan, I'm going to turn the table on you a little bit as we do in our recap episodes here, ask you a few questions and pick your brain a little bit about the past year and the past four years of doing this podcast. I I wish you all the luck because usually I don't remember anything past 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Let's see what we can dig up. My wife was like, did you hear me? I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, but I'll stay focused on what you're asking me, Michael. All right. Do your best. Do your best. I know you have a a sick kiddo, so don't worry if uh, something slips your mind here. So within the past year, what do you think is the biggest takeaway you've had uh, with your guest interviews? Was there anything that was kind of like an overarching theme or you think everything was just completely different than the previous years? Um, I, I think it goes back to when I interviewed Stefano. I thought I was just talking to somebody about his business and the Worm Cowboy. And then I, I got a whole nother side of a, of a life story. And it just shows that the more we take time to talk to people, the more that we really learn who that individual is. And again, going back to what Joe said about your problem is your problem. My problem is my problem. I can't compare the two. That has helped me just be a more mindful person. It's also helped me be better at practicing great gratitudes, you know, writing that out when I do that during the day. It inspires me more to say, I might be sore or having an ache or a pain today, but I'm going to get up and, and just go do it. And, and then also learning from a gentleman, Hal Johnson. I've known Hal for, for many, many years now. And I've had the honor to go to his house. He cooked his fried chicken one time over at his house. And here's Hal Johnson and he comes in and I just got the best hug that I had had in so many weeks, other than from what I get from my kids and my wife, but I'm a person who likes to hug and just getting that unconditional hug of friendship from Hal. I, I hope more people can allow themselves to be, I don't know if it's being vulnerable, but if you're not a hugger, allow yourself to hug because it can bring so much joy to you by receiving that. When I go work out at the gym, one of the training coaches is Charlie Schinkel. He's a hugger. Charlie's a big guy. Like he's just a, a stocky guy and he gives you a big old bear hug. And it it's just a great way to start the day. It's 6 30 in the morning. So over the past year, was there like a nonprofit that you had never heard of? that we've actually had on the show or have you heard of most of the nonprofit guests that we had? Hmm. That's a good question. I know I learned more about the nonprofits. I think I was pretty aware of the nonprofits that were out there with Joe's him, the rebranding that he's working Mm -hmm. on with the Teton adaptive sports is working on to change it to Teton adaptive. 
and then I think last year was Coombs Outdoors. It used to be Coombs Outdoors Sports, or and they've been rebranding. But certainly more insight into what the organization does has, has been very helpful. Another interesting one, because we're working, we're volunteering for them, Friends of the Bridger Teton with Scott Kalispa. And knowing that they're, for the Forest Service, they're the first one, essentially, Friends organization. They're kind of a pilot program in some ways for what they're doing. And gosh, the impacts that the Forest is receiving due to lack of funding, but also the increase in and recreation by people, that friends group is going to make some major, major impacts into the quality of experience that people have on forests. So you've been doing this for four years, Stefan. I know we've already talked about a little bit of some of the ups and downs and some of the struggles, but what does keep you motivated outside of, let's see, outside of hearing the feedback? Is there any other motivation that keeps you going? Stubborn. <laughs> Don't know when to stop. I would think as well, talking to people, it's just another way for me to chat and growing up around my grandfather's hardware store. And it was a slower time of life. It was that time of life when there's no cell phones, there's no on-demand television. Their telephone at his store was not rotary, but the cash register there was where you actually had to push buttons to get to $12.59. And it didn't tell you how much change. So people would just come in and talk. They'd walk by the store and then come in and talk. And, and that's what I like is having that opportunity to just be able to talk to people. Do you have any instances where you had never met the person you did the zoom interviews that you do, and then you ran into them in person over the past year? Well, there's been a few people I've actually made appointments to meet with, like Annie, Dr. Annie Finn with Brain Health. She and I had coffee afterwards. Have we run into people? I, yeah, probably. My life is, I kind of go to work and then in the afternoon, we're taking care of the kids. So not running into as many people as used to. I would say Annie Finn was one of the interviews this past year that made a, it made a pretty good impact on me. Just because, so I have higher blood pressure and the stuff that she does is right on par with trying to keep that stuff in check. So if, on her website, have you looked at some of those recipes she has on her website? She has some really good stuff on there for some really creative, healthy meals. So actually I've been checking out her website regularly to get some ideas for new meals and keeping things fresh in the kitchen. So I would say that was one of the, one of the interviews that actually made a pretty good impact for me this past year. I'm I'm glad that to hear that it made an impact on you. And yeah, you need to get that blood pressure in check, Michael. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 trying to work on it. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't try, we do. Well, I've lost 30 pounds in the past three months and I'm on blood pressure meds. So I'm trying nice. like <laughs> good work, Michael. Thanks. I have looked at Dr. Fenn's website with her recipes. They are uh certainly very salivating reading them and Eating well is easy, but what's not easy is us accepting that we need to do something different and the action of doing something different. We as humans go to the path of least resistance. So you creating a new habit of eating differently, then 
that will be your path to least resistance. Yeah. I mean, even just the past three months, it's just become a, it, I'm not even, I'm not even calling it a diet. It's just a lifestyle change. Calling stuff like a diet or a fad or anything like that is not the way to live. It's just a making smarter choices is really what, what it comes down to in the end. I agree. Yeah. Don't call it a diet with that about diet. Yeah. Um, it's just being more educated, more knowledgeable about what you should put into your body. So we're going to take a quick break and hear from one of our sponsors and we'll be right back. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov recycle and join today. All right. So in the past four years, Stefan, how do you think you've grown as a person since starting this podcast? Do you think you're the same guy you were four years ago? Well, I, I hope I'm not. And I'm not going to hope. That's not right. I am not the same person that I was four years ago. And I don't think any of us are the same people that we were one year to the next. And it's a matter of what we do with, with that time. And each person I speak with, I'm learning something. I'm learning about them. I'm learning about their story. I'm learning about new information that can help me be a more informed individual, bring it back to my family, share it with friends, people when I talk to them. So am I different? Yeah, I'm certainly different. I still have a lot of growth, I know, which is why I'm not going to stop reading. I'm just not going to stop learning. And I mean, I got to be a learner as an example to teach the little guys. William, you want to come join? Come on over. And we got Hi, William. We got How's guess. it going? He's climbing up on the chair. How are you feeling? You want to say hello? Hello. Hi, we're celebrating four years of the Jacksonville Connection. You've been a big part of it this year. You've been mentioned in pretty much every episode, at least. Did you know you are mentioned, you and Lewis are mentioned in every podcast episode? We got to say something in the microphone. No. How what's your feel? What's your favorite part of the Jacksonville Connection? Mm, I just like stuff with the microphone. All right. Yeah, me too. I like that too. The boys love coming into the office and recording their own version of podcasts, and they interview each other and interview their stuffed animals. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Both my kids like doing that as well. Like I have it connected at all times on the desk, and they grab it. Even though I asked them not to, but they still do it. But it's still cute, you know. You do that, yeah. But I, don't, but we don't know how to turn it on. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. I showed you how to. Yeah, Stefan sometimes doesn't either. <laughs> uh, yes, I've forgotten to turn it on <laughs> before. It's all right. There's just been a few of those where, like, all right, I gotta pump up Stefan's vocals to make sure we get to hear him. Yes, yes. So. <laughs> I'm I'm good at making mistakes, as we all are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. 
So over the past year, Stefan, is there a guest that made you laugh more than usual? I guess I would say, what do you think was the funniest guest you had this past year? Hmm. Gosh, that's a tough one. I, I don't know. I know there's always some laughs in, in the episodes. I think just because I've been friends with Hal for so many years, having him on there and, and doing it in person was very moving because people like Hal, uh, he's a little bit older. He's in his 80s. People like that who are just happy and happy to be here um, make such a difference. And I had some good laughs with John Hammond as well. Uh, he and our buddies, he's a very kind, generous person. And it was radical generosity in business was, was what he talked about. And even though that's very serious, we can still have laughs. And he and I have certainly had some good experiences together out there on the trails. I think the, the banter between uh, Lily Crass and Max Ritter was pretty good. The Beyond Skid cooking couple. And Brian Lenz of the Laugh Staff is always pretty funny too. So that I think those are probably the, the funnier ones that I remember that's kind of st- stood out. Uh, Mikey Franco is a really funny genuine person too i mean he's always uh, a blast to talk to so i've missed conversations with him when i talked to him at kh well all all of those people um me singling one person out oh no i know mean, it's hard to think off the cuff too it's been it, it over is. 200 episodes so you have to think back who was even recent so <laughs> yeah how many episodes did we have in 2022 so we went from 159 to 207 about 52 weeks a year. That's right. Yeah. We could have guessed <laughs> average of 52. And yeah, so about 50 or so, somewhere around there. And, and Michael, you are now starting your own podcast. Uh, the moving question that you're going to launch, you said October-ish. And October-ish, yeah. Yeah. I said October is only a few weeks away. How did you come about the, the name, the moving question and wanting to do your own podcast? So the name itself came from, so when you move somewhere, and you know this, you you ask it a lot. You ask it every single week in your podcast, basically. So why did you move here? Why did you pick Jackson Hole to move to? So I live in Bellingham, Washington now, and I get the same question out here. Why did you move to Bellingham? Why did you pick this area? And so I consider that basically the moving question. Why? Why did you come to this area? But it's kind of more of a overarching question now at this point. So the moving question could be basically anything. Why? What was the biggest challenge when you were moving? Why did you decide to move? Why did you pick this area? So there's more questions than just that one. But typically when you move somewhere, it's like, why did you pick here? And the idea kind of spurred from our move from Jackson to Bellingham. I moved quite a bit when I was a kid as well. So just talking to people that have picked up and moved uh, and kind of focusing on families that have picked up and moved because I feel like that changes things quite a bit. Mm. Uh, it was my first move with uh, a child moving from Jackson to Bellingham. And it's a whole other experience being able to bring other people's lives into that move. And so just talking to other people and helping people that are in the place of either picking up and moving themselves or thinking about moving or maybe just moved and just trying to provide tips and advice uh, to those people that are looking for it. Because it can be a pretty solitary thing. When you're moving, you're usually the only person that's going to be picking up and moving to that area unless they're within your 
immediate family. Usually there isn't a group of people that are going to pick up together and move to a certain area. That's just not typically how it happens. So it's just kind of a way for people to listen to other people's stories and just kind of relate to other people. That's that's beautiful, Michael. Very well thought out and people move all the time. I think you'll find lots of people to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. I've already done a few interviews, but as I know, working on this podcast, trying to have a good group of interviews in the can ready to go is a good Mm -hmm. way to make sure you're not trying to get somebody in the last minute to keep the episodes coming. So So I'm trying to learn from past experiences as well. There you go. And, and my family and I, we've been, we've moved a few times this year. We pulled the plug to make some changes to our living situation. And going from a, a small house with two bedrooms, one bath to a little bit bigger house. And doing so, we gave my first home that I bought, we gave it away. It went away on shacksonracks.com back in May. I created a YouTube channel and Instagram called Building in the Hole in 2222. I always mess it up when I make videos, but that's all right. And this summer, well, last fall, we bought a camper. Which is for sale by by the I way. I saw that, yeah. And <laughs> still for sale. Okay. It's still for sale. Camper market's not as high as it was mm. a little bit ago. And we lived in the camper from April 29th to Labor Day weekend. And the nice thing about moving out of a camper is when somebody rolls over the whole thing, your whole room doesn't shake anymore <laughs> when we're not living in there. But there was never a moment that anybody said, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore today. And so now where are you? Where are you situated at the moment? We have some family friends that are kind of like my parents out here. I'm, I've come full circle to my living situation, Michael. When I first moved out here to live with my brother, I lived in somebody's apartment north of town and they've remodeled the apartments a little bit different, a little bit smaller, but that's where we're living right now <laughs> in that apartment. And the beautiful part is, is they said, stay as long as you need. We don't have to worry about, are these folks going to sell their house? And are we going to have to find a different place to move into? We're very, very blessed. And the thing is, is when we moved into the camper, when we were doing that, we had no idea where we were going to go in the fall. But we moved into the camper. And that day, we were over at Sandy and Susan's. He's like, hey, our, our tenant just turned in saying that they're moving. Do you guys want to rent the apartment from us? Wait, yeah. <laughs> and how was the progress going on your your new home that's going in place? It's all about windows. I'm waiting to hear from the builder, the manufacturer, and uh, and I in Utah about if our windows arrive because once when a windows arrive, they can install those and then finish the rest of the stuff. But they frame that sucker like in four weeks. I went down there two weeks ago. It's completely framed. It has all the electrical run and they were working on the plumbing and mechanical getting all that put in place and it's all in a factory inside 60,000 square foot facility and there had to have been 20 homes in there hmm. now there weren't all as many modules as ours mm-hmm. but still it shows just how much they're working on all at once and going back to episode 200 with Esther she mentioned that was there a letter from the previous the people that actually got your old home were you able to check out that letter that they wrote to Esther about the home I did and I should share that it is a beautiful beautiful letter and they were so grateful to be able to 
receive that structure, our old home, because building costs have gone up so much that for them to go do a stick built house is just beyond their budget. And that's why we did a modular home is to build the structure itself is about half of what it would cost to build a stick built home. Have you been able to go check it out? We haven't. Laura is the main one who stays in touch with them and we've just lost touch. So hopefully this fall we'll make it over there and be able to see it. But we're very excited for them to have it. They will, they're probably in it by now, if not very soon. And it was wild to see your house. It was emotional to see your house being moved by a semi. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't, I don't think our house here in Bellingham would move, <laughs> would be able to move our structure. It was built in 1915. So <laughs> I don't think it'd be able to be moved. Maybe, maybe. But uh, I, yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, you were in the paper too. Your house actually in the paper. Mm -hmm. It's pretty unusual for somebody to see their house being on a big uh, flatbed truck being moved yeah. downtown. So there are so many Keystone life moments that happened in that house. I proposed to Laura in that house. Our windows that we put in were our wedding gift. And that's where we brought both of our boys home from the hospital. So that's where we had our wedding reception is at that house. And the houses help build the memories, but the memories will always be with us and we'll still be in the same lot. All right. So Stefan, what other takeaways do you have over the past year or past four years? And what can people expect from the Jacksonville Connection in year five? Um, biggest takeaway over the past four years is there's always ups and downs in in life with everyone. And from looking outside in, people just see, hey, you're producing all these podcasts. They're great. You keep getting it done. Awesome. It's a real struggle to get it done. But at the same time, I still enjoy doing it. So for everybody to realize for whatever you see in what is marketed or advertised to you, there's another side to the story. And if you have a struggle, you're not alone. And don't ever feel as though that you are alone. So find someone to help you with it. So please get out there and, 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 and reach out for help. Talking to people is so therapeutic. And, and getting into deep conversation, genuine conversation is very therapeutic. And what can people expect? from the Jackson Hole connection in the next year is to still have engaging content, to still help share people's stories. And later today, I interview somebody that I've known for probably 20 years and being able to reconnect with, with her, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited. And she has a, a very heartfelt story. And, and I say that not with a pun in any way. So I'm very excited to to talk with Suzanne this afternoon. All right. That's all I got, Stefan. Anything else we want to talk about? I just appreciate your support, Michael, and sticking with me. And I I appreciate the people who continue to listen and they share the episodes and, and they write to us to let us know about that they listen to the episode. And that's what keeps it going. Can't say that it'll go on forever. Everything has an ending. But usually with an ending, there's a new bright beginning as well.
All right, Stefan. Well, that's the recap of year four. It's been a pleasure working with you the past year as always. And I appreciate everything that you're doing for my family and for the community in Jackson. And you have a lot going on there. So I think you should probably get back to it. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Indeed. Thank you, Michael. It was great to see you today and get to talk to you. Yeah, you too, Stefan. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. To learn more about the Jackson Hole Connection and other episodes, you can go to thejacksonholeconnection.com. Look for episodes on the top and you can actually type in a search. You can type in somebody's name. You can search by month. So there's a lot of different ways to find the Jackson Hole Connection. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Give us some comments what you think. And again, I really couldn't do this without the support that Michael has offered to me over the past few years of marketing this podcast and doing the editing over four years. And of course, my wife, Laura, and my boys, Lewis and William, I love you dearly. And just so happens when I'm recording this, it is my anniversary week. So uh, happy 11 years to me and to Laura for being together. More so to her. She's put up with me for 11 years. Thank you so much for your time. Cheers till next week when I see you right back here for another episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.